0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Need advice?
1: Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Kiri Wickersham. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Ask the Experts. Today, we're talking about a little bit of a difficult topic on the show, if you're even considering... Uh, ending your marriage. You know it's a difficult decision and you may want to talk to somebody about that before you finalize that decision. And we are talking today to our sponsored guest, divorce and child custody attorney, Anthony Moreno. And thanks for joining us. Good this morning. morning. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So, in talking to you extensively before this podcast, I've discovered that uh, you are not a cookie cutter divorce attorney whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I've never met anyone like you who's even an attorney, right. <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Right. So, we're going to talk sort of about your unusual bio. Okay. You've been practicing for about five years, but before that, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh,
1: yeah, before uh, before I started law school, I was at the Postal Service over in Kansas City, Kansas. I worked there uh, for almost six years. I was a mail handler is what they were called back then. I think they've had some changes since then. But uh, yeah, I, I was what's called a blue-collar rocker. I was a union guy, very pro-union. Um, I had a family, so I was already married. with uh, um, I had 2 stepsons and then uh, my son together with my wife, Joseph. Um, and I was working nights, 6.30 to 3 in the morning. Uh, trying to complete my degree. I went to Park University while I was there. I was able to uh, complete my bachelor's while I was there. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was it. I thought that was it. Um, Everybody was excited, kind of where I come from. That's kind of the end all be all is you get a job for GM or Ford or the Postal Service and and you made it. You made it now. You're just kind of working and
0: and you were the first one in your family to get a college degree. Is that correct?
1: Uh, almost correct. So, yes, yeah, so on my uh, mom's side, absolutely. I was the first person to go to college. On my dad's side, I did have one aunt who is a social worker um, who attended St. Mary's in, in Kansas University.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. But from there,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: really broke the mold because you decided to take the LSAT. It was law <sighs> school entrance exam, sort of.
1: I did. I had always wanted to be an attorney. Um, You know, from the time I can remember back in kindergarten, um, there was a a worksheet that they had us complete where they had three different uh, animated characters that we colored in. And they were like, you know, color the one that you think you want to be. And there was like a police officer, a firefighter um, and a man in a suit with a briefcase. And um, coming from where I come from, I looked like that guy, you know, that's professional. That's that's a person who commands respect. That's Mm -hmm. a person who's got a dignified uh, career. It's like, I want to be that guy. Um, had always wanted to go to law school, but I never thought that was an opportunity. That's just not something that's talked about in, in the community where I come from. Again, like I said, the end-all be-all for us was, I mean, if you got a UPS job or a FedEx job, like, you made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just not something that we aspired to, to be or to do. When I told my parents that I was leaving the Postal Service to go to law school, they thought I was crazy. Loco. Yes, they thought I was absolutely <laughs> loco. They, they were, were, What do you mean you're leaving, like, You know, 30 years and you're out of that job. What are you talking about? Good benefits. You have children. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, But my wife was incredibly encouraging. She's like, just take the LSAT, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I completed my bachelor's degree. I took it the first time and I completely bombed it. I took it without any preparation whatsoever. Then I I took a prep course. I um, took it a second time and I scored pretty well. And there's a long story of these different little signs that um, I ran through that were just pointing me in the direction of just go ahead and apply. Just go ahead and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And I took a a leap of faith. We applied um, and I was accepted. And when I was accepted, I received two letters. One of them was the acceptance letter. One of them was the scholarship letter. I had no idea that the second letter was a scholarship letter. I read the first one. When you put them side by side, the letters looked identical, but the top one had a personal note from the dean. And so I thought, maybe they sent me the personal one and the other one for, like, my files or something. Um, So then my wife and I are like, well, how in the heck are we going to pay for this now? Because law school is incredibly expensive. Several months go by. I go back, and we're praying about this. We're like, dear God, why would you let me get accepted if we're not going to be able to finance this thing? And I go back in the envelope and I read the second letter, and it says that they have extended me a full scholarship. <laughs> and um, that's crazy. I had no idea, and you know, I think I I cried at the at that mm-hmm. moment, like I can't believe this is happening. And I had the deadline to accept that scholarship had already passed. <laughs> so the, I immediately jump on the phone and I call you know the school and I ask them, hey, I didn't realize this, and they said no problem we'll put you down. You're good to go. We'll see you in the fall.
0: You said we know how those mail handlers are. Yeah, and they lost ex- the letter. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay, so it goes further than that because it's not only, you know, that maybe socioeconomically you weren't someone who was, you know, going to go to law school, but mm-hmm. it's also um, when you when you got out of law school and you chose family law at the time, but now and a divorce attorney basically. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't even settle with you spiritually. You're talking about praying and everything. You sort of are someone who's been married 12 years and has four kids. Right. And, um and, and was there ever a point where you're like, I think this is what God wants me to do, but does he want me to end marriages?
1: Honestly, uh, I'm Catholic, just yeah. to get that out of the You've way. you big cross <laughs> around your neck. <laughs> I do. I'm Catholic, and so um, it was an inner struggle. There was for sure, like, I mean, I've never been a devout Catholic. I'm not going to, you know, I've never been yeah. a Bible pusher. I'm not going to force my religion on anybody else. But at the same time, I was raised very strongly by uh, my grandmother and my mother, who are very, very strong Catholics and um, very much advocates for the give it to God and God's will is going to be done, whether we like it or not. Um, And so I prayed while going through law school and then after graduating, because I thought I was going to be either a prosecutor. I thought I was going to I did work here in Jackson County, my third year law school. I thought I was going to be a criminal defense attorney. I thought, you know, the personal injury attorney, something that I had seen growing up on television, this is what I wanted to be. I didn't take a single family law course in law school. I had grown up seeing my own family's dysfunction all through my entire life. I wanted nothing to do with it, which I'm sure a lot of my clients can appreciate that. They're like, you know, they, they don't they wouldn't want to practice this every day. My mm-hmm. clients tell me that all the time. We have no idea how you could do this every day. There is a reason there are so few attorneys in town that practice or that specialize in family law. Most people don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I prayed to God. I said, if this is what you want me to do, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who picks up on subtle hints. You're going to have to drop this on my head and let me know. And um, after I graduated, I opened up my own practice. I started right away out of my house. Uh, I had to. I mean, it was time to get to work. I had to support my family. I had been you know, relying on my wife and my parents and everybody along the way, student loans to survive. I, it was time to get to work. And I had run into a couple of different mentors um, who were pointing me in this direction. Those seemed to be the calls that dominated my phone line were divorce and child custody calls. And I um, I gave in. Mm-hmm. And I um, one of my mentors says, "Give it up, man. You're you're a family lawyer. You're a mm-hmm. divorce lawyer. Just mm-hmm. this is what you're meant to do." And my wife says, "Give it up. Like just be the best." Family lawyer, you can be. This is it. This is what you're supposed to do. And since that moment, since that moment that I, that I relented, that I just said, you know what? Your will, not mine. Um, <laughs> this conversation here I am. is here I real. <laughs> God called you to yeah. be a divorced <laughs> yeah, it, Right? It's backwards. You know <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But here we are. And we, we've experienced yeah. such great success in doing it. We've been able to help phenomenal people. I truly look at it like God selected me. I'm a tool. Um, to carry out his will. Like, mm-hmm. people need to be protected in certain cases. People need to be advocated mm-hmm. for in all cases. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to have a voice in a lot of these relationships. There's one dominant and one submissive, and people need, when they're dominant, they need to be told to dial it down. And when they're submissive, we need to, to advocate for those people so they can have a voice.
0: Mm-hmm. Another unusual statement from a <laughs> divorce attorney. <laughs> but, you know, um, we were talking off air a little bit about the fact that even though divorce is hard and it, it ruins lives and it's difficult for children and nobody's trying to disguise that fact, um, it's I'm, – I'm glad in America it's legal. Where would we be if we were a country where right. it wasn't legal? And if it is legal and we've decided that it needs to be legal, it's wonderful to have somebody – um, there, who you can trust, and um, and and I know that you put a high quality on that. So, um, I, obviously, U.S. News and World Report also does because they named you uh, one of the top. Is it fifty? Top fifty uh, law firms. This is
1: one of the top, top family law firms in the country, family. right? Mm-hmm. And
0: and the top lawyers for two years. And and when I look at your, uh, I did some research on you. I'm <laughs> I'm a journalist, and so um, when I look at your reviews, they're remarkable for someone who's a divorce attorney. So that being said, let's ask you some questions so the sure. folks out there can get a little bit of free advice, um, which doesn't happen very often no, from no, an attorney. No. So
1: Let's do it. Um,
0: OK, good. So I think that the, the friends I talk to who are going through or who have been through divorce say their first question is, how much is this going to cost me? And you said that is a very common first question. Can, and that's a hard one to answer, I'm sure, because you charge hourly, right?
1: right? Absolutely. So, okay, that's the typically the first or second question that I get when I pick up the phone. Um, That's one thing that I try and do at at our firm is I answer 99% of our phone calls. So usually when people call, they're like, can I speak to an attorney? Like That's me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so usually they're surprised, like, oh, okay, I didn't have to go through six different people to try and get to you. But that's so that's how I know that's the first two questions people ask is typically, do you offer free consultations? And what's this thing going to cost me? And I always have to tell them I'm sorry. I, it's so it's so difficult for me to, because if you tell someone a price, then they're gonna want to bank on that price, and then they come in and they we get all the facts on the table, and it turns out that there are allegations of abuse or people own businesses, things that naturally complicate the case, and um, it naturally require more of my time and drive up the cost. Okay. So
0: the baseline, your cheapest divorce.
1: So the cheapest divorce, I would say. Um, you're looking in the neighborhood of around 2000 to $2,500. Um, that typically, for my firm, that includes court costs. So we pay for the filing fees. We pay for um, the, the cost to get the opposing party served with the documents. And that kind of is your price of admission to get your case filed. Um, and, and
0: that's where both parties are pretty amicable. And yes. they're willing to come to quick terms.
1: Right. Okay. So when I talk to those clients, now I do... I do tell them, I I do give them my disclaimer when they call and they say, hey, because I get that call a lot. And it usually goes like, hey, how much is it for an uncontested divorce? And then I have to ask them, how uncontested is it? Mm -hmm. Because we handle several divorces. Like uh, We're talking around 200 divorces probably a year. And out of those 200 divorces, maybe five to 10 max are actually uncontested divorces. And what uncontested means is you all are already in agreement on how we're going to divide property, on how we're going to divide debts, and how we are going to split time custody expenses for children. That means the two of you are so amicable that you're able to sit down in the same house at a table, take notes, write these things down, and bring me that agreement. Bring me that agreement, and you will save yourself a ton of money. Mm -hmm. It does not have to be a fight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. As long as you both understand that you're, you're you're reaching an agreement, you're reaching a settlement. The nature of the word settlement is we settled. That means I didn't get everything that I wanted, you didn't get everything that you wanted, but we put either our children's best interests at heart or our own pocketbooks at, you know, at the forefront where we don't want to spend a ton of money on attorneys, and you don't have to as long as the two of you can work it out.
0: Now, I know another name for attorney is counselor. Yes. But, so, counselor, do you <laughs> recommend that people go see a therapist? first before they see you so that you're not dealing, they're not, I mean, because you're more expensive than a I, therapist.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I do have clients that occasionally want to use me as, uh, in, you know, in my office, I actually have a couch set up, but it really kind of <laughs> mimics a, a counseling setting. But um, I do recommend that people see a counselor either that, because they want to attempt to reconcile or they want uh, to see if divorce is the right way for them to go, or they need to learn the skills to cope with the divorce we're going to go through it.
0: Before they come to
1: you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I absolutely recommend counseling to every single one of my clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are taken aback by that. Some people are going, why? I'm, so I'm not the problem. But you have to understand that this is a highly emotional topic. This is going to be an emotional process and it's going to last somewhere between four months and two years, mm-hmm. depending on how much we fight.
0: Yeah, That's incredible. I think people going into that don't realize the length of time um, mm-hmm. invested in this. And so your baseline is around 2500 yeah. for your flat. What's the most expensive divorce you've ever done?
1: Sky is the limit for sure for divorces. <laughs> I have handled divorces that have uh, gone in excess of $50,000 in fees.
0: Wow. And that's contested. Th- that's those are ugly.
1: Super contested. Super contested cases. A lot of times, and actually all the time usually in those scenarios somebody has got their heels dug all the way in somebody has told themselves here's where my line in the sand is and i'm not negotiating anywhere beyond that and the only the only way that we get beyond that is one, you've got one party who says, fine, I lay down and I'll take whatever they're demanding. Mm -hmm. Or two, we go all the way to trial and a judge is gonna make the decisions for everything. Mm -hmm. That's where uh, we present evidence on both sides. Everyone has an opportunity to testify and present evidence and then the judge is gonna make a decision about your children, about who pays what, about who gets what, and that is the least attractive option. I always advise my clients, one, it's absolutely the most expensive. The trials, trials, I mean, like here in Jackson County, just here in Kansas City, uh, if we filed a case today, you would not see a trial any time before probably eight to 12 months.
0: Wow. And it's also so costly emotionally for everyone involved. The kids, both parties, both families. If you're dragging it all the way through that, you know, something you said to me on the phone that surprised me so much um, I have several female friends whose husbands have been unfaithful, mm-hmm. and they think if they've got texts or photos, um, and one person appears to be morally, especially more innocent than the mm-hmm. other person, then then the innocent person sometimes wants to use court time to prove the guilty person's right. um, just how wrong and how how bad they've been mistreated, and. It used to be that that mattered people would hire a -hmm. a detective to go get those pictures and everything and you're saying now it does not matter to the judge if one party has been has not loved and you know held up their marriage vows at all it just doesn't matter Mm
1: -hmm. not any okay so it 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 can it can but not the way that people commonly think okay so historically people thought that if I Got a videotape of my husband cheating. That that was gonna be my ticket to what's Your formerly isa-ma-ha. known as alimony, yes. whatever. Now it's called spousal maintenance. But back then, alimony—that's what—that's what you were gonna get. Thought, oh, I've got you now. You know, you cheated on me. Now I'm gonna take you to the cleaners. Judges today, typically, and with the the way the laws currently are. Um, Missouri is a no-fault state. If somebody wants to get a divorce, then they can get a divorce, whether someone has done something bad or not.
0: Same with Kansas, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the only, the only. And this is kind of my disclaimer: is the it may come into play. If you can, if you have evidence that the uh, cheating spouse was siphoning off money from the marital estate mm-hmm. to put up the girlfriend in an apartment somewhere, and we can, we've got a paper trail to, to back that up. Now you might be awarded what's called a disproportionate amount of the marital estate, mm-hmm. and so then maybe he has to pay more of the debts, and you get more of the assets, and so there's an unequal division. That's and so you're sort of recouping that money that he was paying to girlfriend. That's the only way that really gets taken into consideration anymore. For the most part, the judges that I've spoken to and the cases that I've handled, judges uh, look at it more along the lines of, okay, he cheated. It's a symptom that the marriage is broken um, and they need to be divorced, but not necessarily that... um, that you're going to he needs to pay, not necessarily the right that he needs yeah. to pay, and that there's going to be this, you know, astronomical monetary judgment awarded to you. No,
0: yeah, I guess not on the basis of morality anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, um, and what what you also told me is what the judge does look at more than anything else is the welfare of the children if they're involved.
1: For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and I. I've been involved in so many cases where there are parents who are bad actors who do lots of bad things on the weekends or while the kids are at school. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that doesn't come into play. Um, I've been involved in cases where parents are involved in prostitution rings, involved in substance abuse. And, um, you know, sometimes if if the judge, if they're not doing anything bad in front of the children, it's not going to come into play. And so a lot of clients when they come in and they feel like hey I've got pictures and audio and here's this website of this person who is you know selling uh, their bodies online um, with know. a side of meth. Right, yeah, it's
0: it's <laughs> it's crazy because that stuff happens, and the judge doesn't protect. You think, as the party who is innocent of all mm-hmm. this, you think you're owed something, but that right. doesn't necessarily mean it. And that's it shocking. has to
1: be postured in the right way. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a it's our court system is very procedurally driven. Mm-hmm. So one, we have to be able to prove what's going on and so meth is absolutely like any hardcore drugs i will say that that mar- affects the kids yes yeah. i okay. will say that if you're using meth or cocaine and we can prove that that is going to be very negatively looked upon by the judge regardless of when you're using it because that impacts you typically beyond and the, it's illegal and it's, it's mm-hmm. illegal and it's illegal i will say that marijuana is starting to get a lighter look and, you know, if, if parents are using marijuana and they're not using it in front of the children, typically judges are going to say, meh, meh, it's like not that big of a deal anymore. But if you test positive for anything beyond that, it will look, it will be looked negatively. Okay. Um. But one thing I guess I want to throw this out there because you were bringing up like people want to bring in to me photos and audio recordings and Texts. things like that. Because we're, we were talking initially about the cost of things. Mm-hmm. And so people want to bring this evidence in. One of the most common things that I have to tell people is I hope you realize that the only time these items are ever going to see the light of day in front of a judge is at trial. Yeah. The The court system is so backed up with every case you can imagine that we don't have little mini hearings along the way where we present this evidence, it just doesn't happen very often.
0: So how much is it worth to you exactly. in time and exactly. money to make this person feel really bad for what they've done?
1: Which is where my counselor role comes in and I have to counsel my client. Mm-hmm. Like, are you willing to pay 20, 30, 40, $50,000 to be right? To shame this person. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know, or do you just want to be divorced? You let's, want to be over or do you want it to be right? Exactly. Let's, yeah. let's just, would you rather be happy or right? let's just move on. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. So let's talk. We're going to back up just a little bit because your first step with Mm -hmm. someone after they call you and you answer the phone and that never happens and you Mm -hmm. talk to them for a second, you book a consultation with them. Now, some attorneys charge consultation fees and some don't. You do. Why?
1: Well, I would say that the majority of um, family attorneys in Kansas City now are charging for them and if I offered free consultations, there would be, that's all I would have time to do. The line would be wrapped around the corner. Um, secondly, ethically, I'm only permitted to give you general advice, kind of like what I'm doing here. I'm speaking very generally, right? Nobody is on the line saying, here's my specific situation. What should I do or what can I do? And so I charge for my consultations, one, because they're longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, your free consultations are normally 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um my consultations are somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour. And that's because we have to discuss everything. We have to discuss um, the entire marital estate, anything you owned prior to marriage, how much equities in your home, your vehicles, how, what kind of credit card debt do you have? What kind of retirement plans do you have? Some people will bring in their statements for me, their, their mortgage balance statements, so I can take a look and see what ideally you're looking at as far as a settlement goes. And so I will run a child support calculation for you. Mm -hmm. If we have an idea of what your spouse makes and what you make and what people pay for health insurance and the appropriate credits that we're looking at, I can tell you roundabout number what you're looking at in either receiving or paying for support. People wanna know the specific answers to these questions In family law cases, in divorce cases, they don't want to know what is the definition of joint custody, what is the definition of sole custody. You're for sure gonna get that anyway when you come and see me because there are a lot of misconceptions about what these legalese terms mean. Uh, But I go further than that. I say, okay, here's your situation, here's what we have to do next. And a lot of times we catch people just in time. You come in and and you say, hey, I think my spouse is getting ready to file a restraining order. Well, a restraining order can grant that spouse uh, temporary possession, exclusive possession of the residence which means you get served and you don't get to go back home. Where are you going to go? So we have to be prepared and we have to anticipate these things. And when you handle as many divorce cases as we do, we're able to sort of use past experiences and other fact patterns and other evidence um, to to protect
0: them, to protect them, Mm -hmm.
1: to guesstimate what the the other person is going to do and in turn protect you from whatever that might be.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things, on there's a, such a wealth of information on your website, on your faith, Facebook pages and things like that, but one of the questions that comes up, besides how much is this going to cost me right. in terms of attorney fees, is can I survive this financially long term? Because it cuts your finances in half. Exactly.
1: I mean, you're you're going from having a two person income, uh, sharing all of the bills, typically, that's not always, but typically um, to being on your own and depending on child support, maybe or potentially spousal support payments. Um, And in my in in my practice, at least with the clients that I have served, uh, spousal maintenance is not common. It's Mm -hmm. not it's it's not something that the courts readily order. And it's typically not something that people readily agree to because those are your two options in divorce. Your two options are we agree to something or the judge decides everything. And um, most spouses are not saying, absolutely, I'll pay you X amount of dollars for the next X amount of years or forever. That just doesn't happen. That's what a lot of people come in for is like, hey, I absolutely don't want to pay my spouse uh, alimony, how can I avoid that? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we take a look at that and we say, okay, and we, we draft what's called an income and expense statement. And so your income and expense statement is a, is a verified statement, meaning you signed it in front of a notary. It's, you're saying it's true, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, um, as to what your monthly average incoming and outgoing expenses look like. And then we the the, uh, the the opposing party will have to fill out the same, and we can compare the two, and we can decide if we believe that this is an ideal case for spousal support. Spousal support is designed to help you get back on your feet. It's typically not designed to be a permanent scenario, but it is designed to help you either acquire additional education, time to get a a, a better job, and I mean I believe um, that spousal support was initially. Uh, created to protect the stay-at-home wife it was designed to protect the husband who was the breadwinner the wife who stayed at home and and took care of the kids or put him through medical school or put him through medical Mm -hmm. school and then he you know goes off and marries his, his secretary or whatever and then so now she's stuck with no formal education hasn't worked in 10 years and children to take care of and so that the laws back then were designed to protect that spouse from being sort of you know just left out on the curb
0: yeah for sure um so when we when we talk about this and we we haven't talked that much about the child custody thing and i think we may touch on that another time because that is a whole (laughs) a whole different thing but um based on your experiences what are some ways to sort of navigate an amical divorce uh, where emotions are protected where the children are as protected as possible it really involves kind of putting your ego sure. and your rights even on the shelf, mm-hmm. doesn't it?
1: It does. And I think rule number one, I think that the, the biggest thing you can do to help your case is don't talk about the case with your kids. Mm. It's one thing, um, it's one thing to, to, to completely degrade your spouse to the children. Like that's just 150% unacceptable. But don't talk to them about the case at all. They don't need updates on what's going on. They don't need to know when people are going to court. They need to go to school. Mm-hmm. They need to go to school, and they need to focus on their daily lives being kept as normal as possible. And they don't need to it, to experience what is known as a conflict of loyalty. They don't need to go through this uh, emotional turmoil of do I want to live with mom? Do I want to live with dad? And you pit them against each Mm -hmm. other. And that's the absolute worst thing you can do for your case. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I never advise that. As a guardian ad litem, a guardian ad litem is um, an attorney who is appointed to represent children in situations where there's either high conflict or allegations of abuse or neglect. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing I tell both attorneys and both parents. This is now my client, the children, These are now my clients. Do not speak to them about the case whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, uh, in an effort to keep your costs down, put your desires on the shelf. And I know... What desires um, are you talking about? So in today's society, 2019, everyone wants 50-50 custody. What that means is they want an equal say-so in decision-making for their child, and they want an exact split in physical time with the children. Now, equal say-so is one thing, like that's completely understandable, but an equal division in time may not always be in the best interest of your children. That doesn't mean that I don't think that you're a good parent. It doesn't mean that uh, I don't think that you should get as much time as possible with your children. What I'm saying is take the children's point of view into consideration. Because children have extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. Children participate in dance. They participate in t-ball and soccer. Um, take into consideration the fact that you may not be able to exercise all of that time. Mm-hmm. You may want 50% time because you don't want the other parent to feel like they won. But if you work C-shift at Ford and you have this oddball schedule, that you're just not going to be able to exercise it. Mm-hmm. And I've had plenty of clients who are like, well... I'll hire a nanny. I'll just hire a nanny while I'm at work or while I'm asleep or something. And so I have to tell them the judge is not going to want your children to be with a nanny as opposed to being with their mother or their father, whoever. So that's not – if you want to pay me to continue to fight this out and fight this out 50% custody that you're not going to exercise and that's not likely going to be awarded at trial, then why pay me? Mm-hmm. Why pay Put my kid through college because you you, you don't want to uh, feel like you lost. Nobody is going to leave this thing feeling like they won.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. And I, I think, boy, that's a misconception because mm-hmm. you want to feel like you won, and both parties always feel like they lost. Correct. Because even giving 50%.
1: I tell every single one of my clients when these things get ugly, I say, you know what? If you want to keep fighting, the only people who are going to win in this situation— are the attorneys. I will blatantly tell you that, that if you, you're gonna continue to pay me thousands and thousands and thousands, and it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're dealing with so much emotional uh, distress during the course of this litigation that I'm trying so desperately to reach them, telling them you're going to feel better when this is over. Your children are going to feel better once this is over. So let's get it over with. Let's not fight about who's going to get the couch or the TV on the wall. Let's give a little, get a little, and let's get it closed. And I see that so much that children are just so different during the course of litigation. They're emotionally disrupted. And my clients are emotionally disrupted. And I tell you, I promise you, you're going to feel relief once this thing is over, regardless of how... How much of the credit card debt you had to pay or regardless of who got more equity of whatever, you're going to start feeling better once we're done. Mm-hmm. And so let's get done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we can get done for what I initially charge people if yeah. they've listened to me.
0: That's amazing and hard. It takes a lot of self-will to put to put your own interests aside, you know, in front of somebody else's so if you talk a little bit about selecting the right divorce attorney so there's people out there now and they're listening and they're thinking there's there's no other way at this point we need to seek a divorce and there's so many options out there and you're so overwhelmed um what should they do like what are the first steps to selecting someone. Do they do they need to do the thing? Like car buying or house buying where you check out a bunch of different options because that's gonna cost if everybody's charging a consultation fee. Sure. Is there anything you can do at home to, you know, circumvent that?
1: Certainly, I mean, absolutely. Today is, is Google is our friend, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> regardless of what search engine you use, uh, I mean, most people are, are online looking for, you know, best divorce attorneys Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there is a, a, a certainly a way to sort of start calling people out. Now, in in my world, in the in the family court world, divorce, child custody, those kind of cases, there. There aren't that many of us. There, I mean, there are just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of defense attorneys and personal injury attorneys. So what in in my world, we like to avoid what are called dabblers. Dabblers are people who might specialize in another area, but they dabble in family law because family law cases pay up front. Um, like, say, for instance, I know everybody sees the commercials about uh, we don't get paid unless you win. So personal injury cases. Yes. Everybody knows that personal injury cases, it may be a year before anyone ever sees a dime, the lawyer included. And so those attorneys, a lot of times, they still have to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they will take a divorce case here or there for a lot cheaper than what a specialist might. And so it's attractive to a lot of people. It's like, this guy's significantly cheaper. But not all lawyers are created equal. Family court is its own animal it really is and even within the boundaries of family court there are additional specialties that are their own animal so my first step is when you're googling around is you're going to want to to visit the websites of these attorneys and make sure that divorce and child custody are areas of law that they specialize in and you can quickly see if you go to their websites and you select practice areas if you see criminal defense traffic, personal injury, bankruptcy, oh yeah and by the way we do divorces, run the other direction, just go to, the, go to the next page and you're going to find lots of really, really good family attorneys here in Kansas City who specialize only in doing what we do and that's divorce and child custody. It's, you can't be really great at all of these different areas of law. So that's where we start. Call out the dabblers because a lot of times people think that because this person is only asking me for $1,500 up front, that he's doing you a favor. But all family attorneys bill by the well, I can't say all, let me, let me not say all, but the majority of attorneys, period, bill by the hour, right? Some every, by the minute. Right, <laughs> right, some by the minute. <laughs> yeah. every, we bill by the hour in increments of six minutes. And so, say for instance, I bill at $250 an hour and this dabbler also bills at 250 an hour, but I'm asking for $3,500 up front. He's only asking for $1,500 up front. We're going to earn that money, meaning we're going to dissipate that money at the same rate. And so while your money is going to last longer with me over the course of several months, he's going to burn through that inside of three to five weeks maybe. And then he's going to come back to you and say, I need more money. I need more money. Mm -hmm. I need more money.
0: And if he's doing, or she is doing all those other things, do you think, and divorces at the end, you may also be put on the back burner for some of these emergent situations.
1: Well, and then here's the problem. Attorneys are allowed to withdraw from your case if they're not being paid. Like, if if we have got a breach of contract situation where you agreed to pay me money as it was needed, and now I've run out of your $1,500, guess what? If you don't have the money to keep paying that lawyer... He's going to withdraw from your case. Now you don't have your $1,500. Now you don't have a lawyer, and you're on your own with an open case. So focus on staying yeah. away from the dabblers and get with the family attorneys who know what it's going to cost and who can explain to you what it's going to cost to get deeper into your case and hopefully complete it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, and start with the end in mind.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Start with the end in mind. And then you're going to want to circle back once you've called out These dabblers, and you have selected a handful of these family attorney specialists, these Mm -hmm. divorce attorney specialists, then start looking at their reviews. Start looking at their reviews. Google is a great place to start. There's the review sources all over the place, but Google is a great place to start. And start reading, literally read the reviews that people have left and listen to the experiences that they had with these folks. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel like you've got a good sense of who you'd like to call, anticipate that there's gonna be a consultation fee, give them a call, see how they sound on the phone, Find out how many people you had to get through to schedule an appointment mm-hmm. and and get in and meet with them.
0: How accessible they are. Right.
1: That's yeah. that's people's number one complaint. I mean, if you hear people who despise attorneys, mm-hmm. usually it's because you can't get them to call you back. They don't respond to your emails. They only let you talk to your the paralegal. Mm-hmm. I've had one uh, attorney in town who's got, uh, you know, 30 plus years of experience. His um, his statement to me here recently was you don't get to talk to the wizard. You don't get to talk to the wizard and I I flat out told him I was like, well, you've got 30 years of experience and no website, you know, me as a younger attorney trying to to, to compete for business with you, that's something that I'm offering. We are very customer service oriented and mm-hmm. people want to and have to speak to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I enjoy doing anyway.
0: Well, and when I looked at your reviews, honestly, I was shocked because it's such an emotional thing. And when something is emotional and divorce is somewhat of a bad experience, it's just cut out to be that way. Um, A lot of times people want to put the blame on their attorney about how things go. And that's why I was shocked to see how many of your clients really revere what you've done for them. Sure. because I would think it would be really hard as a divorce attorney to get that reference.
1: <laughs> I you know what? I am extremely proud of the reviews that we have and you know what what I'm most proud of is these people who have never met each other. Mm-hmm. These people who don't know that they were respective clients of mine have a common theme through the reviews which is he will tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He will not overpromise you. He will not upsell you. He's going to tell you what to reasonably expect out of mm-hmm. your divorce. And I do that for a reason. I do that for the one specific reason, which is to keep your costs down. Mm-hmm. Because that is an attorney trick. That's an attorney trick is to blow smoke and inflate your mind that you're going to get an astronomical amount of alimony. Promise you or, the mansion on yes, the hill. Yeah, Because the attorney gets paid whether you win or lose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's really great because I think that that, is in, that sense of integrity is in short supply. So um, your reviews speak for themselves about that. The only other thing I wanted to talk about is when you do meet with your attorney, how important is chemistry? Like sometimes you think you want a bulldog in mm-hmm. there for you. Um, that can drive prices up if they're fighting every little thing. But how important is the chemistry between the attorney and the client?
1: I I would say that's that's priority number one. Okay. That's priority number one is... We have to have a good vibe with each other. Um, and doing this so much, I, I meet so many different people and have had so many positive experiences and some negative experiences that I can sort of tell if you and I are not going to be a good fit. <laughs> Actually, I do have one one-star bad review on Google, and it's from somebody that I didn't take. It's from somebody that I talked with over the phone Um And, and, you know, I I just it wasn't we weren't vibing. It's it's it wasn't a good chemistry. And so therefore, it's it's not going to be good for you or me if you or I decide to enter into this relationship because we're going to be married to each other for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, these cases on the fast side, fast side, uncontested cases, three to four months. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be involved with each other for a while. And we need to establish that rapport and we need to build that trust.
0: I have friends whose it's gone on for years. So Mm -hmm. I I know it's difficult, and it's difficult um, for the kids, too. And obviously, uh, we've talked about the fact that it's a tough decision. It's a decision that you want to be sort of a last resort after they've seen a therapist and stuff like that. Um, But I just wanted folks out there to know that if you have any questions... Uh, Anthony Moreno's website and Facebook page offers so much uh, free information, including frequently asked questions, including those Google reviews that you can not just look at the number of stars, but that you can read the review and tell whether or not it was one of your clients. And um, I know we have so much more we w- we could talk about. We could do a three-hour podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and hopefully maybe we can do that again on child custody or something like Absolutely. that. Uh, but all your contact information is on your website. And And we do appreciate all the free advice and information that you gave our listeners today. And, of course, uh, they can find you on your website. And thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time on Ask the Experts.